I'm Victor Young, the Daily Life Coach, and today's episode is brought to you by Digital Caviar, Florida's premier production company. Digital Caviar provides film, television, and commercial production services from A to Z. Visit Digital Caviar on Facebook or digitalcaviar.net online. Thank you for joining me today. Just in case this is your first time listening, make sure you tune in to the rest of the season, which is season one, on thedailylifecoach.com or on iTunes. iTunes or thedailylifecoach.com allows you to set it and forget it by hitting the subscribe button after you complete your search and take your pick. Once again, I'm very flexible when it comes to how you subscribe to The Daily Life Coach. By the way, we only have one episode left in season one before we go on hiatus. So start listening and share The Daily Life Coach with your success group ASAP. If you do not have a success group, you should get one. It's a lot easier to find success within your industry when you have like-minded, successful, creative individuals with you in a think tank, in a forum, etc., etc. Just to be able to bounce things off of. Maybe they're not partners. Maybe they don't receive a paycheck from you. Maybe you don't even work together. You just brainstorm, come up with ideas, and find out ways that you can strategically make that jump, that leap to the next level within your industries. It works. All right, let's move forward. Today's episode is, can I get a drum roll? Actually, I don't, I don't have a drum machine in here in the studio right now. I'm going to get one, but hypothetical drum roll right now in your mind. The drums are rolling. Today's episode is, you can have my money or my time, but not both. I'm going to say that again because that was a mouthful. That was a long sentence. That's like a log line. Today, today's episode, today's episode is, you can have my money or my time, but not both. If this is the first time you've heard that statement, it was a very life-changing statement. The first time I heard it from a very successful individual. It was a, it was a very valuable lesson I learned several years ago from an individual that I later ended up doing business with. We, we ended up making it happen. And, and he told me, you can have my money or you can have my time. But I never give anyone both unless they live under my roof. They've got to have my last name. They've got to have my blood coursing through their veins. So what he was saying was this. The only people that can have his money and his time, they're family. And frankly, probably not the entire family, probably the chosen ones of the family. So let's go deeper into this because I know there's a few of you right now that are saying, I still don't, I don't understand it. It's difficult in the business world to give someone your time and your money unless this individual is so highly regarded that you trust in their business decisions, their ability to make money, their work ethic, their creativity, and their network more than you do your own. Because most smart people that I meet in business, not everybody, but most of the guys that I meet, they believe in themselves, he or she, more than they do most other people. And that's, that's kind of the 
mindset of the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur believes I can do it better than you can. And that's what makes us run so hard to prove that. And it's not arrogance. It's just a belief based upon the fact that a lot of entrepreneurs are born from nothing or they're born from desire or they're born from fear or they're born from some small town you've never heard of in central Florida, maybe like Lake City, Quincy, Perry, towns that when you grow up, you, you think, boy, do I want to get out of here and make it big. And of course, you have your entrepreneurs that are born in strong family bloodlines. But even still, we think those individuals don't have any desire because their mommy or their daddy made a mark or made a name. Frankly, it's pretty stressful walking in, in mom's shoes if she's kicked open some doors and made a huge name for herself. Especially if you're a dude my size, six feet tall, 230 pounds, trying to walk in mom's shoes. It could be an ugly sight. I chose to walk in my dad's shoes. It was a little easier for me. I'm just not coordinated like that. So no matter whose shoes you decide to walk in, whether it's your mom's, your dad's, your aunt's, your uncle's, a mentor, boss, someone you've never met before that you just admire, something about them, that's a driver. So back to the point here. The point is this. Most individuals who are driven from the inside, who've got that, they've got that voice in the back of their head that just says you can't stop, you can't fail, keep pushing. These individuals will not give you their time and their money and sit back and wait for you to go do it for them. They're going to make it happen. Why is this important to know? Because there's a lot of people out there who want to offer services or products or obtain positions to work with, next to, and for these people. And unless you understand how the mind of the entrepreneur works and understanding that most entrepreneurs will give you their time or their money, but not both. And when you present yourself in a way that your services require them to give you their time and their money, you will never enter into that relationship with them until you can determine you only need one. Because they're, they're, they already understand they're going to have to give you some time to get you down the road, to get you up to speed, to make you productive so that you can make an impact on the organization somehow. They understand that part. We get it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in the we category on that one. I'm an entrepreneur and I think that way. But it's very tough for any entrepreneur to give you a six-figure job, seven-figure job, and you have very little experience, and they've got to train you to boot. So we'll start here. We'll start with non-skilled professions. Professions that take time for you to get up to speed because you're not necessarily 100% aware, educated, or skilled in what this company does. You've got skills. You're, you're a project manager. You've got leadership, maybe a math degree. You understand numbers, finance, but you don't understand finance and automotive. Or you don't understand finance and film. You've never looked at a high, medium, and low budget. You've never line produced anything. You've never cost out a movie scene. You don't know how to look at words on a piece of paper and say, how much is it going to cost to shoot that? You don't know. 
How could you? They can't teach you every single part of finance when you go to college. They can't teach you every industry on the planet. How do you calculate a flat rate unit in a service environment? I don't know. Have they taught you that in finance? These are things that you learn once you get inside the door of a corporation. So how much would you expect this individual to pay and invest and to bring you in? All right, let's look at it from another perspective. Here's another vantage point or POV. POV is point of view, by the way. I can hire this young lady who's been in the film industry for 15 years. She's worked on $2 billion worth of film budgets, and she can take a 90-page script and break it down and with a matter of hours tell me how much it's going to cost me to shoot this movie. Union, non-union, studio, or independent. Because she's done it. She's got a flat rate. I pay her. She's in, she's out, and we're done. There's no benefit. She's a contractor. Or I can bring someone in with no film experience who tells me how brilliant they are, pay them the same money, benefits, and I never, ever get a good budget from them because they've never done it before. And so the only thing they can do is smoke their brain on a daily basis trying to figure out how in the heck do I understand how to shoot this or how to create this budget for shooting this film? How many cameras do I need? How much is the studio? Where do I get that information? Do you guys have a manual around here? How much do I got to pay the actors? Is this an eight-hour day, 10-hour day, 12-hour day? Is this Screen Actors Guild? Is this SAG Union? Is the crew union? Or is it just some dudes with a camera? How many people are in this crew? I don't, I don't know. I've never shot a movie before. I need help here. You guys aren't helping me. And we're going to fail together unless you guys show me how to do this. By the way, where's my paycheck? And I want a fat check. Are you kidding me with all this work I'm doing? I can't believe how much work I'm giving you. How much of my time I'm giving you guys. So I want to get paid the best. Because this is very stressful, learning this new job. Which one would you want? Which one would you want to pay? The individual who looks at your script, scans through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me see this. That's the ending. Yeah, that's the climax of this. Okay, I can have this budget done in four days and it costs me X. Or you hire this individual who is very smart. I'm not taking anything away from their smarts. But they have no idea how to break down your script, put a budget on it that I can turn around and go to an investor, a bank, a foreign sales agent, a studio, and say, this is our budget. This is our timeline when we can shoot our budget in our film and believe it's going to happen. So it's not by choice. This individual who doesn't have the experience is not trying to sabotage my business. They just don't have the experience. So now I've got to spend time and money. You're thinking, how are you spending money on this person? Number one, time is money. If I can get that script turned around or that budget for that script turned around in four days, but it take this guy four weeks and then he or she is mad at me at the end of four weeks because they felt like they worked really hard and they did trying to figure it out. I basically paid for this person to go to school on my dime. And now my four days worth of a lot of time on my project became four weeks. So now I'm off my timeline. What does time mean in the film industry? I'll give you an idea what time means. Time means if you've locked down talent, Talent meaning actors and actresses, or we just call them all actors now. At least I do. And you know you've got your actors. I've got The Rock. I've got Vin Diesel. 
Who else do I have? Where's Halle Berry? She's in there somewhere. Little Billy Bob Thornton. He's in there somewhere. Matthew McConaughey. Tyrese. And I've locked down this talented crew. And I've got them all scheduled. And we've got them all scheduled for the month of July. They're shooting for 21 days in Florida in July. And on August 1, they're all leaving no matter what. Because they've got other movies to shoot. And they've got other plans. They don't care about a delay in my budget. They don't care about a delay in locking down my agreements with SAG, the union. They don't care about anything else. All they know is this. Have my money, which we're going to pay part up front. You got me for 21 days. I'm gone on the last day of July. And it's a wrap. That's what they do know. And that's what's in their contract. So if I hire individuals in the pre-production process, no matter how smart they are, if they're unable to deliver, not only are they spending my money learning by burning hours down while this process continually goes longer and longer and longer, which means I'm spending more and more and more money to try to get the same results that an experienced person could give me in four days with an inexperienced person doing it in four weeks. But I'm also now in this window where if I don't get my production off the ground and principal photography doesn't start in the first week of July like it's planned, my actors leave, I lose my deposit money, and my movie is washed out. And frankly, the studios that finance the film or the investors that finance the film pull out because I just lost the talent that they agreed to finance to shoot this film. That's just one small example of how an individual can spend your time and your money. And in order to make this happen, now I'm going to spend every spare moment of my life trying to backfill the lack of experience in this individual. So now you've got my personal time. You've got everyone in my network's time because I'm trying to backdoor this process on this project to make sure it can happen on the timeline without blowing millions of dollars in my reputation and my company. My money's involved. And again, if you've ever run a business before, one thing that you know is this. No one cares if the project runs long, just have my paycheck. That's it. Just have my check. When you're paying people by the day and by the hour and union rates, just because the project is delayed doesn't mean they say, you know what, just keep my money. I understand this thing's a little bit off budget. It's a little off schedule. Don't pay me for the last two weeks. I've never in my life had that happen. And making a really good sad face for me, that's not good enough. I'm still paying. Sad faces don't pay bills. Saying, you know, wow, I really feel bad taking this money. Because I know you're really taking a bath in this deal. Hmm. Maybe one day I can make it for you down the road. Thanks for my check. I got to go cash it. Grab some lunch. Talk to you later. I'm going to grab you a sandwich, a little Chick-fil-A. No, you're good. I'm out. Bye. You can have my time or my money, but you can't have both. And that is a problem that many individuals face because there's a lot of individuals looking to transition into industries, industries they've never been involved in. And you don't have that experience, but you're really smart and hardworking. You've got to have a plan of transition. If not, why would someone take a chance on you 
if you cost the same money as an experienced person who has a ton of experience, think about it for one second. Why would a new startup company, a manager who is on the clock to make things happen or he or she could lose their job, or a business whose profits are eroding and they're losing money and they're trying to turn things around, how could we expect them to take a chance, give us lots and lots of money, and lots and lots of time to train us? This is why I feel you should immerse yourself in an industry before you even get the job, before you even go to the first interview. Because immersion will allow you to A, find a new love for the job that you're trying to obtain, or you'll find out things about it that make you throw the towel in and find something else ahead of time. And it's okay to do that. It's okay to say, you know what, I wanted to do that job until I found out otherwise. I'm a private pilot. I got my pilot's license and start flying in the 90s, late 90s, and finished my license in the early 2000 time period. And I wanted to be a commercial pilot so bad. I could just see myself, my hat, walking through the airport, stepping. Boom. Don't talk to me. I've got my glasses on, looking like Top Gun in 3D, strutting, pulling my flight bag, hopping up in a 747, big boy, mad respect from everybody on the plane. Yes, I've got all your lives in my hands right now. It's okay. I do this. This is what I do. You're safe with me. Relax. Have a mimosa, some peanuts and pretzels. I'll have you there in no time. Thank you. And then one day, I got caught in some bad weather when I was working on my license in a solo cross country, and it was... It was scary. Scary. Talking lightning running sideways on the airplane. Hair standing up on my arms. Plane getting pushed around like a toy. Made a very, very, very successful, fearless landing. Like Top Gun would. Because that's what they used to call me, Top Gun. Anyway, I got on the ground and I realized I'm going to be delayed here for a while. And so I'm in a pilot's lounge hanging out, and I realized I don't like this. I don't like hanging out in pilot's lounges doing nothing, watching weather roll by on duets, watching the weather radar show band after band of storms rolling through, realizing I'm going to be here for a while. And I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, so the idea of me having like shower or take a hobo bath the bow is for make it rated G. The bath you've had to take in the sink before. They had a name for that back in the day. So anyway, you know what I'm talking about. No one wants to bathe in a sink in some pilot's lounge. And this was not a nice pilot's lounge. Not every pilot's lounge has a shower and like a country club in it. They're not always like that. So I'm thinking to myself, hmm, this could be a deal breaker. And it became one. But I'm glad I found out ahead of time that I just hated laying over, doing nothing. Now, most people, they'd love it. You know, let's go see the city. Let's go see what's in town. Let's go talk to some people around this place. But it just wasn't my thing. Because I'm one of those people, my brain needs to be moving and productive and making money and getting it done all the time. The more you find out about the things you think you want to do in life, it can either make you better before you start the job, 
or it can put you in the right direction in the right path. Maybe there's something ancillary around it. But what it will do is this. It will allow you to bring value to the table the day you start. You've got to be a rainmaker. You've got to be productive. You've got to be efficient. You've got to be proficient. You've got to be good. You've got to bring some type of value to the table from day one when you start with a company. Or you've got to start for practically free. If someone can't get you at a discount or a bargain, why would they take the chance? Unless you're their nephew or niece. Why? Seriously, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just asking the question. Right now, if you had a startup and you had a, I don't know, you had a barber shop, could you hire someone to be your manager of your barber shop if they had no experience cutting hair, no leadership experience, no marketing experience, but they're going to call themselves an office manager? What are they managing? You don't even have an office right now. You don't have any cash flow. What are they going to manage? Answer the phones? It's a receptionist. So when you're pushing that individual to hire you for this job that you say your company needs this position, the first thing you need to do is make sure you bring a spreadsheet showing a timeline with a return on investment. And it and at some point, if you're not getting a return on investment at any one of these checkpoints or waypoints along the way, you cut my services or you cut me as an employee. They will be 10 times more likely to take a chance on you if you've gone that extra mile to say, at least these are the three or four areas I'd love to be able to do for you. And maybe I don't know enough about your business to show you a profit line or return on investment. However, I'm willing to come in for X, Y, and Z. I'm willing to intern for you, whether it's paid or unpaid or commission-based, to show you what I'm working with. That is how you create an opportunity for yourself. Especially if the opportunity doesn't exist, you can create them if you understand the principle behind you can have my money or you can have my time, but you can't have both. What happens when you demand both? People don't take you seriously when you're like, look, I'm smart and I don't know what I would do for you, but whatever I do, I'm going to make money doing it and I'm really good at it and just pay me a paycheck and I'm going to like rock it because that's what I do. I rock the mic. I just rock it like that. I'm just dope, swagged out. I'm just money, walking money. People listen to you and they're like, uh, ooh, yeah. That looks like I'm going to lose a lot of money if this relationship goes any further than it already has today. Find out how to make yourself valuable from day one or create a strategy that allows you to onboard within this organization so they can actually benefit somehow because they're investing in you. So they can actually see a benefit from you being there on the team. There's something, if you've been ever been on a movie set, it's called Craft Services. Craft Services. And that is feeding everybody all day. And even on an independent film, you might have 20, 30 people around in the course of a day. Actors, lighting guys, key grip, camera guy, first AD, second AD, DP, director, production assistants, associate producers. The list goes on. 20 to 30 people a day. Three meals a day plus snacks and drinks. You might blow thousands of dollars a day just in craft services to feed people. 
And yes, if you plan on being a filmmaker, you will feed people. You may not be able to afford to pay them all they're worth, but you're going to feed them. They're going to eat. Write this down. I'll wait, get a pen. It's I-M-A-E-A-T. It's I-M-A-E-A-T. That, that spells, I'm a eat. And that's what people say on set. I'm a eat. So bring some food. Because if you try to starve out your talent, you'll have this emotionless, dead film when they prove to you. If you feed me, you get a better performance. You want some De Niro? Feed me. I gave you De Niro. You want Sean Penn? Feed me. I'll give you Sean Penn. You don't feed me? Mmm. Ex no bueno. Why do I bring that up? Because every single day that we're off our shooting schedule and we continue to add days of production because individuals were unable to get a job done because they didn't understand something. They didn't understand their camera. They didn't understand their equipment. They didn't they didn't understand how to offload their footage and they erased a hard drive and you've got to reshoot something. They couldn't get the shot lit properly. And so instead of shooting five pages, we shot three pages today. Every single time there's a delay because someone doesn't know what they're doing or they're not skilled. You're costing someone time and money. And that money that you waste in production might be the money that you needed in post-production to make that movie theater worthy so that you can get your start or that you can make your money on the back end or that you can get your stardom. But if you ruin it for everyone else by killing the budget, by killing time, by killing finances, by not knowing what you're doing, you're affecting everyone's future and success and people remember it. You, you may think you only ruined a moment in time, but that moment in time has a price tag attached to it and you can't get it back. And so startup companies can't afford to bring individuals in like this. They definitely say, look, it's hard for me to give you my time or my money because we're, we're on a shoestring budget. What can you do? If I've got to take time away from producing a product or service to train you, you're still costing me time and money. You just see the time. For them, it's time and it's money because the time they're spending teaching you something you should already know, you're taking away from their ability and their time to go produce revenues by selling or building or creating something else. And this holds true in every single industry. App development, sales, logistics, healthcare, hospitality. Every time you burn a meal in the kitchen and we make another customer angry and push another customer back and the wait gets longer, two things are happening. There's clients that will never come back to that restaurant. There's clients that want their meal for free because they know they got you over barrel because that 20 minute service that's now an hour in, they know they're not paying. You get hourly people now who are going to end up working late that night because we couldn't get the clients through the door quick enough during our normal hours of operations. Now I'm paying overtime. It's not just the moment. It's just not just about you. It's a lot of people are affected when we don't deliver. So keep this in mind. Someone may give you their time. They may give you their money, but they'll never give you both. Not if they plan on surviving. Great entrepreneurs know they cannot give you both. The only time great entrepreneurs give both is their family 
their friends or their charities that are near and dear to their heart, their churches, the children's home, the elderly, something that's near and dear, Cancer Foundation, Heart Association, the Wounded Warriors. You can get my time and my money. Wounded Warriors, you can get them both. Hope you got something out of this. I, I hope you got something out of this because this is a statement that helped change my life because it helped me think about immersing myself into the mission before I accepted it, before I was offered it, before I talked to anyone about it. There's a lot of great startup companies in the high-tech sector out there right now, as well as other emerging industries that you could make a huge impact with if you can bring some skill set, make some rain, and provide an impact out of the gate for them. Those are the companies that you get rich at. Those are the companies that you grow with from grassroots, from infancy stage. Those are not companies that you think you can walk in the door and make a big fat paycheck because they don't have the money. They don't have the cash flow. They're just trying to keep the, the lights open until they monetize and make their big break. And frankly, large companies right now, they can't afford to pay people to develop over a year anymore. A&Rs at music companies, they can't afford to go out and spend a million dollars to develop an artist anymore. They might have $100,000 to develop a group of five individuals, and they've got five shots at bringing out a talented person. And these five individuals in this group better have a massive following on social media. They just don't take people that have nothing anymore. No star power, no following, and just say, you're our person. No one has that opportunity to do this anymore. We're living, we're, we are living in a different era. We must bring it from day one, immerse ourselves in the industry from day one, or we can't have an expectation of getting someone's money and their time while we're trying to learn a job that they need us to know now. Hope this helps. After you listen to these podcasts, shoot me over an end message. Shoot me a DM. You know, I'm at the Victor Young on Twitter and Instagram. Shoot a message or a DM. If you got any more questions, I'll try to answer them for you. Season two is going to be amazing, but we've got one more episode left in season one. Check it out. It's going to be a great one. Season two is completely, completely outrageous. You're going to love season two. We're going to be on a brief hiatus from mid-December until the first week of February. And we're coming back with the podcast as well as the web series. But until then, make sure you follow me on Facebook. That's The Daily Life Coach. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Victor Young and TheDailyLifeCoach.com online. Send me your questions, requests, accolades. I like those. Just accolade me. And remember, when I'm on set, I'm a geek. Have a great day. 